Welcome to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go, Denver's best subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can for only $39 a month with no additional costs or fees. You heard that right. No additional fees, literally hundreds of events for $39 a month. For instance, listen to some of these events you guys can hit up over the next few weeks. CU vs. Arizona down at Folsom Field in Boulder. The Big Wonderful Beer Fest. Jeff Dye at Comedy Works. They've got Taps and Tails. Jay Balvin at the Pepsi Center. Indie Card Haunted House. There's literally something for everyone. We're talking concerts, beer tastings, food fests, comedy shows, 5Ks, anything that you can imagine. If it's going down in Denver, there's a good chance that In We Go can get you in. So here's where it gets good. We've partnered with In We Go to give BSN listeners a great deal. So if you go to inwego.com backslash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe, you're going to get 50% off your first month. That's right. All events in Denver for under 20 bucks during your first month. Try it and fall in love with it like we all did here at BSN Denver. So again, go to inwego.com backslash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50. And with that, welcome into a Thursday edition of the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Inwego, the subscription that can get you into almost any event in Denver. Harrison Wind here, solo edition of the show today. What I'm going to do on today's show, go to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. We've got a couple questions there that I want to hit on. Got some questions from Twitter that I want to hit on as well. And then at the end of the show, I'll start previewing Friday's game against the Perth Wildcats and give you the number one reason why I'm excited for this game and why you should be excited for this game as well. I know it's against Perth. I know it's not against an NBA caliber team, but... There's one reason in particular why I'm really looking forward to this game, and there's one reason why I'll be watching this game on Friday night very closely. So stay tuned for that. But first, let's go to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. We've got to start off with our friend Chris, like we do on almost every show. Again, appreciate the questions like always, Chris. And if you have a question for the show, don't hesitate to hit up the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, one 800 BSN 8394. If you have a question for the show, it's the best way to get it on here. 1 800 BSN 8394. All it is, if you've never called before, is an answering machine. So leave your name, leave where you're calling from, and your question. It could be a take, it could be a piping hot opinion you want to get off your chest, but we'll play it on the show and I will give you my answer or reaction to it. So without further ado, let's go to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline right now. Hey, it's Chris in Denver. Uh, thanks for uh, playing my calls on, on all your shows. I really appreciate it. You guys are great. I appreciate you going out there in San Diego. Um, it's pretty muggy out here in Denver, so I don't, I don't think you're missing us too much. But, uh, you know, listening to that last show and some of the other recaps of the preseason game, what if we have a good problem? Um, you know, now don't get me wrong. I don't think Lyles, Wancho, uh, Monte, and Beasley are going to be plus 20 or plus 30 or whatever every night, or even most nights. But I do think that Malik Beasley, Wancho, Aaron Gomez, Trey Lyles, and Monte Morris can all be NBA players, which is still a really, really good thing off the bench. I think they could play the weaker bench units off the floor, and I think they could even probably compete with some lesser starters or some teams that are trying to take. 
the problem is getting all these guys minutes and finding a way to make sure that they're in rotation. Uh, sports like baseball and basketball, where you're playing every day or nearly every day, uh, we know that uh, rhythm and uh, momentum is important. You, know, you want to make sure that you're, uh, you, you have the, the rhythm down. Um, how, do you think, how do you think Malone manages this? We know that nine-man rotation is probably his preferred bench rotation, but what if, uh, what if something good happens? What if you have Lyles, Wancho, Malik, and Monte that are all NBA players? Um, and what if Isaiah is able to get, you know, 70, 80% of what he was in Boston. How do you manage this? I mean, you can't just let these guys rot at the end of the bench. But at the, other, at the same time, you can't just have, you know, your better bench players getting, you know, five, ten minutes a game. Uh, do you put them in packages? Do you use them to match up with uh, shorter teams? Do you play big? With taller teams, do you play small and hit the matchups? Uh, curious your thoughts. As always, love the show. Keep up the great work and go Nuggets. All right, so Chris is interested about what happens with the bench, and I'm glad he asked this question because this is something I've gotten a lot of questions about over the last couple weeks and something I've been thinking about a lot. This is also something that we've seen with this Nuggets team before. I mean, how many times has Tim Connolly spoken about having 12 or 13 rotation-level guys who could play on a lot of different NBA teams in the league and that Mike Malone will have some tough decisions to make when it comes to his rotation. I mean, we've been through this song and dance before, and the fact is, out of Wancho Aaron Gomez, out of Malik Beasley, there's going to be some guys on this roster at the end of the bench that don't get consistent minutes that probably could get consistent minutes on a lot of teams in this league. I mean, if Malik Beasley was on a lottery team or even a lot of Eastern Conference teams, he could be a 20 to 25 minute per game guy, night in, night out. But obviously that's just not the case in Denver. A lot of guys in the Nuggets front office will say, hey, this is a good problem to have. And to an extent it is because you can combat injuries that way. If Gary Harris goes down for a couple games, if Torrey Craig gets hurt, if Will Barton gets hurt, you've got guys who can fill in admirably off the bench. Depth is always a good thing to have in the league. We saw it last year when Paul Millsap went down. The Nuggets were lucky to have Trey Lyles backing him up. There's going to be injuries this season. I don't know if somebody's going to miss 44 games. I don't know if one of the Nuggets starters and most important players is going to miss half the year, but I can guarantee you there's going to be injuries to Nicole Jokic throughout the year. That guarantee there's going to be injuries to Gary Harris, probably Jamal Murray. The guys are going to miss games from time to time, and that depth will surely come in handy. But the drawback to that is you've got these guys who you drafted in Wancho, in Malik, in Tyler Lydon, who are just kind of sitting there on the bench. And if you're looking at this from a front office perspective, are losing value because they're not getting playing time. And it's tough to increase guys' trade value if they're on the bench and not really getting out there, not really getting reps, not really getting minutes. So in that sense, it's a drawback. But overall, it's probably a strength of the Nuggets to have this depth. Now, how is Michael Malone going to manage it? 
Well, he's probably going to manage it like he did last year. You're going to see a couple of guys like who I mentioned probably should be playing if they were on another team in another situation, maybe in the East, not playing. And if you look at this Nuggets bench, the few guys you can point to that are definitely going to get playing time are Torrey Craig or Trey Lyles are Mason Plumley. Those guys are definitely penciled in for minutes on a night-to-night basis. And a guy like Malik Beasley, you're probably going to see him play spot minutes to start the year, just like he did last season, coming on as a, a defensive option in certain matchups here and there, subbing in in offense-defense situations like he did a season ago. Monte Morris, probably a guy who's also penciled in for minutes right away. Because with Isaiah Thomas... Doesn't seem like he's close to coming back from hip surgery. So he's kind of an unknown quantity right now. So it's a good problem for the Nuggets, a team with high hopes this year, a team with playoff aspirations to have. But it is unfortunate because you've got guys who you've drafted on your bench who are probably NBA caliber rotation players who just aren't going to get that chance to play consistent minutes on a night in, night out basis. With that, let's go back to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. Got one more question to get to there from our friend Corey. Hello, this is Corey from Florida. Appreciate the work you guys do. My question or observation was, um, I remember watching the Nuggets last year, and from night to night, you didn't know what kind of team you would get. I would just hope that they would go out there, execute, and win, but I didn't necessarily know how they would go about doing it each night. But now it seems with the team they have this year and the roles that everybody has, they they seem comfortable in. Do you think this is the first time that uh, in the Malone era or Tim Connolly era that they have an identity? And how do you think that will help them in their uh, in the race to get to the playoffs? I appreciate the work you guys do again. Thanks. Thank you for the question, Corey. I love this question because I think there's a couple really clear answers to it. And I agree. Maybe a couple years ago, maybe three years ago, two years ago, this Nuggets team didn't really have an identity. They've been searching for an identity over the past few years, but I do think they have one now. And I believe there are two sides to it. The first face of this team is obviously a high-flying, high-scoring offensive juggernaut. That's been an identity that's been built over the past couple of years around Nikola Jokic. And probably as long as Nikola Jokic is in a Denver Nuggets uniform, as long as he stays healthy, and as long as the Nuggets center their offense and focus their offense around him, and all those things you could see being in place for the next decade, the Nuggets are going to be a high-flying offensive juggernaut I've made this comparison often, but Jokic is truly the Peyton Manning of the NBA. You put smart, high IQ, adequate offensive options around him, and he's going to turn out a top 10 offense year in and year out. I truly believe that. And good thing for the Nuggets, they not only have adequate high IQ offensive players around him, they have plus offensive players probably at every position around him when speaking about the starting lineup, at point guard and Jamal Murray, at shooting guard and Gary Harris, small forward and Will Barton, and power forward and Paul Millsap, 
you know, obviously all those guys are high IQ players. I feel they know how to play off Jokic. They know how to cut. They know how to play in DHOs. They know how to move off of him. They can all score the ball too. So uh, around Jokic, the Nuggets are going to be a high-powered offense for years to come. That's been building over the past couple years, and we've seen that specifically over these past two seasons. The other part of this team's identity, and I think this could be the case for a couple years to come as long as they keep the same group here, is a team full of grinders and a team full of underdogs. You look at a lot of guys on this roster from Nikola Jokic, who was a second-round pick, a guy who was overlooked as a young European big man coming up through the ranks. You look at Will Barton, who was a second-round pick, was left for dead at the end of Portland's bench until Denver gave him a new life. You look at Isaiah Thomas, who was obviously the last pick in the draft, 60th overall in the second round, a guy who you know had been knocked at every stage of his career for his height, really carve out an NBA career for himself. Even Paul Millsap, who is another second-round pick. Also to a guy like Michael Porter Jr., who knows how he'll factor into the Nuggets' plans. Obviously, I've said this before, I don't think he has an impact or plays this season. But he's a guy who's also a bit of an underdog right now for the first time in his career. So a lot of guys on this Nuggets roster, they've really had to grind when it comes to Jokic, when it comes to Barton, when it comes to Isaiah Thomas, to get to where they are right now. And that's a common thread with a lot of guys on this roster. So those are the two things I'd say jump out when it comes to this team's identity right now. Obviously, what they do on the offensive end of the floor, that's going to define the Nuggets this year. It's going to define the Nuggets for years to come around Jokic. But they also have a grinders mentality to them and a bunch of guys on this roster are underdogs. A bunch of guys on this roster have been overlooked throughout their whole career. So those are kind of the two common traits that a bunch of guys on this team share. The last question I wanted to get to was one I got on Twitter from C. Schmidt 11 Just about who the Nuggets are going to turn to late in games. Last year, it was kind of a by-committee approach. Obviously, they looked for Jokic at times. They look for Will Barton at times. They look for Jamal Murray at times. Kind of whoever had the hot hand. Paul Millsap closed a lot of games for this team down the stretch on the offensive end, even when he came back, playing with one hand down the stretch during the Nuggets' final few games of the season. This year, I believe you'll see Jokic start to take on that role as this team's closer. Maybe not the guy who shoots it every time, but a guy who shoots it a lot more often late in games, late in shot clocks, late in fourth quarters than he did a year ago. I've been on record. I think Nikola Jokic is in for a monster year. I think this year has the potential to be his biggest year in terms of just counting stats, in terms of points, plus rebounds, plus assists that he might put up in his entire career just with the three guards surrounding him in the starting lineup, with the style that the Nuggets want to play. It's all just setting up for him to have a monster, all-star, all-NBA-worthy year, which I think he'll have. And we're going to get a really aggressive Nikola Jokic on the offensive end of the floor, a guy who averages, I believe, above 20 points per game. And I just have the feeling you're going to see him late in games take over on the block, take over from the elbow, getting to the foul line. So I do think this year he's going to emerge as a closer for this team. But 
Also, it's going to be by committee sometimes as well, and I don't think that's the worst thing to have for this Nuggets team. The final component is probably Isaiah Thomas. Obviously, that's dependent on when he's able to get back on the floor. Like I just said earlier, it doesn't seem like he's very close to returning to the lineup. But if he does get healthy, if he does get back to the Boston Isaiah Thomas, he's obviously going to be a guy that demands shots down the stretch, and there are certainly going to be games... The big caveat, again, him being healthy and getting on the floor and getting back to his Boston self where he has 18, 20 points heading into the fourth quarter. And I'm sure that means he'll play late in games at the expense of one of Denver's starters. And I'm sure that means he'll get his fair share of shots down the stretch. So we'll see how that situation develops all year. But I do think Nikola Jokic is ready to emerge not just as a big-time 20-plus point-per-game score for this team, but also a guy who can get the ball on the block at the end of games and go to work. And we're going to see that start this season. I'm going to go ahead and take my first break. On the other side, I've got one more question to get to that I put out on Twitter this week. And then I'll get to the reason why you guys should be really pumped for this preseason game Friday against Perth. There's one reason in particular why I'm really looking forward to this game, and I think you should be too. We'll be right back here on the BSN Nuggets podcast. Hey, BSNers, just a quick reminder that annual subscriptions at bsndenver.com right now are only 25 bucks for the entire year if you use promo code BSN25. Yes, that means unlimited access to Denver's best sports coverage for a year for only 25 bucks. That comes out to 208 per month. Stop reading the blogs and ditch the dying newspaper. Yikes. And join the family at BSN Denver today with promo code BSN25. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by InWeGo, the subscription that can get you into almost any event in Denver. Harrison Wind here, Thursday edition of the show. I just went to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline for a couple great questions. Again, guys, if you got questions, that's... The best place to get them in, the best place to get them on the show is the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. Let me know what you think of this game on Friday. After the game, call in, leave your take, leave any questions you got. 1-800-BSN-8394. We'll be recording the next show, most likely Saturday morning, just reacting to that game. Finish up pretty late Friday night, so we won't get that posted until Saturday. But we want to hear from you. I want your takes. I want what you think about this team through three preseason games after Friday's game wraps up. 1-800-BSN-8394 is the number to call. 1-800-BSN-8394. I welcome all questions, comments, Nuggets takes, takes about the NBA in general. Love to hear your guys' thoughts. On Twitter yesterday from the BSN Nuggets account, I threw out a question about who has been the most impressive player to you throughout training camp and throughout the preseason. Just curious to hear all your guys' takes. Got a lot of love for Wancho, although he didn't have the greatest showing Tuesday night against the Lakers. Got some love for Trey Lyles. He's definitely been one of the biggest standouts so far, just in terms of what I've heard from what's been happening on the Nuggets practice court to what I've seen in games. He's put together two solid games, I felt, and definitely has sustained his push for 20-plus minutes per night, and uh, I, I think he'll be getting that once the season rolls around. For me, Mason Plumley has arguably been the Nuggets' most impressive player 
through two preseason games and through two games, albeit it's against the Lakers who are trying to play Kyle Kuzma and Michael Beasley at backup center, which don't even get me started, I think is a terrible strategy and not something that's going to work through 82 games of the regular season. But anyways, Mason Plumlee has gone 14 of 16 from the field for 34 points through two games in under 40 minutes. So Mason Plumlee absolutely dominated the Lakers in the Nuggets' first two preseason matchups. And man, he looks athletic. He looks more athletic than he did a year ago. And I do think the surgery that he had this offseason to repair that core muscle-related injury, the sports hernia, whatever you want to call it, definitely helped him out because he looks springy right now. He's looking like the Mason Plumlee that was in the dunk contest years and years ago. Yes, Mason Plumlee was in a dunk contest with the Brooklyn Nets. Go look that up on YouTube right now. He looks like that Mason Plumlee. And you got to think that surgery helped him out. He's skying for alley-oops. He's going up for his reverse dunks with ease. And you got to think he's fully healthy and feeling great coming into this season. And him at backup center gives the Nuggets definitely one of the best backup fives in the league. So when you're looking at him and Trey Lyles, definitely one of the best backup front courts in the league. Probably a front court that could start for a handful of teams out there. So he's been one of the guys who's been most impressive to me. The other two guys who stick out are Monte Morris, who had a huge opportunity at Summer League to make an imprint on the Nuggets coaches and front office with his play there, and he certainly did. He was one of the best players, I thought, at Summer League, one of the best lead guards in Vegas uh, over that July showcase. He was great there. He's been great in open gyms this summer. He's been great on the practice court, was great in training camp, and he's looked really good in these first two preseason games. I was really impressed with how he, without much notice, Tuesday night against the Lakers in LeBron James' Staples Center debut nonetheless, to get inserted into that starting lineup, Michael Malone making the call late, right before the national anthem, I was told, that he was going to hold Jamal Murray out for precautionary reasons on that ankle that's been giving him trouble, and start Monte Morris. For him to go out there on really no notice in his first start in a Nuggets uniform, preseason or regular season to go out there and really give the Nuggets good minutes I was impressed with that he hasn't played a ton with Jokic he hasn't played a ton with Millsap or Barton obviously in games but on the practice court too and to really go out and help lead his unit and just play winning basketball I was impressed with that so Monte Morris has been a stud this training camp and the read I get is the Nuggets have full confidence in him to play meaningful minutes at backup point guard if Isaiah Thomas can't go once the regular season rolls around here in a couple weeks. And from all signs, it doesn't seem like he will be ready to go. So expect Monte Morris to uh, man back up point guard for this team. And the final guy who I think deserves some praise is Malik Beasley. And if you're looking at Malik Beasley versus Torrey Craig and uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Malik Beasley might be the guy who's played the best out of those three in these first two games. I mean, he's been on fire from three. He's shooting a great percentage from deep. And he's playing pretty good defense, too, from what I can tell. And that's what the Nuggets need from that trio of players. I definitely think Torrey Craig is still going to get the most consistent minutes out of those guys. But Malik Beasley might not be far behind. If he can keep shooting the ball like this, if he can keep playing defense 
like he did in spots last season and like he's done over these first two preseason games. So I'll be interested to see how he looks over these next few games. Let me go ahead and take another break. Be right back here on the BSN Nuggets podcast. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out Elixinol.com. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Inwego, the subscription that can get into almost any event in Denver. Harrison Wind here, Thursday edition of the show. Nuggets play the Perth Wildcats on Friday, their third preseason game they got two more after that against the Clippers and Bulls both on the road but this Perth game is going to be interesting because you don't know exactly what to think of these Australian clubs coming in here I mean Perth got killed by the Utah Jazz a few nights back I think they lost by like 50 60 points but then a Australian team only lost by the Phoenix Suns to like seven or eight points the other night so you never know quite what to expect. Probably depends on how much the starters play and all. But anyways, the Nuggets should kill Perth. It would definitely raise some eyebrows if this was a close game by any means. But there's one reason to get really excited for this game. And there's one reason in particular why I'll be playing close attention to this game. Particularly at the beginning of the game and presumably in the second half to start. It's because this is the first game of this preseason where we'll see all five Nuggets starters out there. Gary Harris missed the Nuggets' first two games with that hamstring. He's good to go on Friday night here. Jamal Murray was a late scratch for Tuesday's game against the Lakers with that ankle injury. He's probable for the game, and I'm sure he'll play. So this is going to be our first taste of this Nuggets starting five. And they played 65 minutes last year. They were incredible in those 65 minutes, a 124.7 offensive rating a 92.0 defensive rating, even if you're not into advanced stats. I can tell you those are elite, elite numbers. Obviously, a small sample size, only 65 minutes across 16 games, but still, those numbers are elite. In those 65 minutes, they outscored their opponent by 53 points. So we know this offensive unit is going to be incredible. Scoring the ball remains to be seen how good they can be defensively. They did have a good defensive rating in those limited minutes, but we really need to see a bigger sample size. But again, Friday night's going to be the first time when we see these starters in action this preseason. And for the Nuggets to be a successful team this year, for the Nuggets to be a playoff team, these starters have to be absolutely dynamic together on the offensive end of the floor. And I don't think there's much reason to think they won't. 
We know Nikola Jokic is going to be great. We know he's surrounded in this starting unit by players who play really well with him, with Jamal Murray, with Gary Harris, with Will Barton. All those guys play so well off Jokic. They've been playing with him for two-plus years now. They know his strengths. They know his weaknesses. They know where he likes the ball. And Jokic, more importantly, knows where those guys like the ball too. When it comes to Paul Millsap, this is also crucial uh, because those two need to start off this season on the right foot. And it's kind of been tough for me to get a read on how well they've been meshing over these first two games. Definitely need to see more. But having Gary Harris out there is big because he's kind of the glue of this starting unit. Without Gary Harris, they just don't have that same kind of pop. You insert Torrey Craig, and he's not used to playing with those guys, and I think that's the reason why he hasn't looked particularly great in the preseason so far. He's a guy that fits better with the bench unit, a guy who, who's better in a low-usage role, and a guy who's probably best when he's playing around 20 minutes per game. And it, It's tough. Like Monte Morris was telling me after the game Tuesday, when you don't play extended minutes with Jokic and Millsap and Barton and Jamal Murray in practice, it's tough to play with those guys in a game setting. And I think that's what Torrey was kind of going through over these first two preseason games and the reason why he hasn't looked great. But it's going to be really interesting to get a first look at this starting group. I think they're going to be dynamic. And like I was saying a few minutes earlier, I th- one of the reasons why I think Jokic is going to have a monster year is because of this starting lineup. And in those 65 minutes last year, this starting lineup was one of the best in the league when you just look at it from a plus-minus standpoint, from a net rating standpoint. And I have a feeling this starting lineup is going to be up there probably with the Warriors starting lineup, probably with the Rockets starting lineup, with that Celtics vaunted starting lineup, with Philly starting lineup, maybe with Toronto's as well as one of the best five-man units in basketball. And they might not be great on the defensive end of the floor, but man, are they going to be special on the offensive end of the floor and how well they're going to score the ball might make them one of the most efficient five-man groups in the game, even if their defense isn't entirely up to par. So really excited to see those five out there. And I know it's against Perth. I wish it was against a Clippers or a team like the Bulls, a real legitimate NBA squad. But nevertheless, it will be really fun to see those five out there and get a taste of what this Nuggets starting lineup will look like for the first time. So that's why I'm really excited for this game on Friday. I said it on Wednesday show, but part of me is kind of over the preseason. This is the final component of the nuggets that I really want to see and examine this preseason, how this starting five looks, how those five play off each other. And I'm sure we'll see them play extended minutes in the first quarter. Michael Malone's been playing his starters a lot to really open games up. He hasn't been making his first sub until like the four, four and a half minute mark of the first quarter, which is a couple minutes longer than he did last year. If you remember towards the end of the season, he was starting to stagger Paul Millsap and Nicole Jokic, taking Jokic out at around the six, six and a half minute mark, I believe. He hasn't been doing that this preseason. He's been rolling with his starters really deep into the first quarter to about the four and a half minute mark. And part of me thinks that might be to just get those guys' chemistry together. And I'm sure he'll go back to the stagger early this season. That worked for him at the end of last year. And you got to think him rolling with his starters for extended minutes is just to get them some more chemistry and just more reps together in the early going. And I expect that to be the case Friday against Perth in the first quarter and hopefully again in the third quarter 
and then you can get those guys off the floor. But again, should be an interesting game Friday against Perth from Australia. Hey, if you're in Denver, come down to the Pepsi Center, say hi, hit me up on Twitter, and I'll say what up before the game. Love to meet you guys. Love to interact with you guys. Love to hear your questions and Nuggets takes. So hit me up if you're going to be at the game. If you're not, I want to hear what you think about the game. So hit up the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. Always welcome your questions, your comments, your takes. 1-800-BSN-8394. It's the number to call. 1-800-BSN-8394. Just leave your name. Leave where you're calling from. Leave a question for the show. We'll be back with another episode late Friday night, early Saturday morning. Talk with you guys then.